What's the haps, coconut heads? Welcome to our podcast, where we talk story about culture, creativity, self-care, and our quirky obsessions. Informing, empowering, and entertaining with humor. You're welcome. I'm your host, Jade Fox. And I'm G Supreme. Sit back, unwind, and join us in our conversation. Welcome to the Coconut Connection. I'm your host, G. Hello, all. It's Jade. All right. Uh, we have a, a guest, so we're going to include our guest today uh, yes. in the chit chat. Love chit our chat. Guests. And um, it is Miley. Yay! Was in our last or other film club with Coma, and that was like so good. Like we got to <laughs> dig a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, uh, my fellow pink lady, we call each other pink ladies unite. <laughs> um, and, and tomorrow is Miley's birthday. <gasps> oh my oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Are I you in spring break right now? Are you spring break right now? I have one more week until spring break and I can't okay. believe I'm going to be 36. Wow. Oh, so young. Great so young. age. <laughs> it's a great age. That was a great year. <laughs> I say 40s are the best. 40s are the best years, but I You haven't hit the best of it yet, Mike. <laughs> you know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> uh try okay, plus 10. I know, right? Like let's let's just keep well, see, it that you right? that you look 36. You look, yeah, you do. You look I, younger than 36. So don't tell I, on yourself, girl. Don't that's right. I know. I, well, I wouldn't have known. This is a podcast, no one can see you. Um uh, so but I yeah, can't happy birthday. Great. Uh thank you. So you have to work on, I was like, wow, she's gonna have a day off on her birthday. Well, isn't it a holiday? Isn't it a holiday tomorrow for school? No, not for oh. all districts. Yeah. Oh, my husband was like, We're all aren't you off on Monday? Like, no, no, <laughs> we don't celebrate. That's what my husband said. He was like, uh, it's a holiday on Friday, right? So I can't go to the bank. I'm all it's not a holiday, it's just an <laughs> LA Unified holiday today. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I go, oh, do yeah. you see anybody saying happy Caesar Chavez Day? No, you know, no. <laughs> Don't get me started about Caesar Chavez either. I know. And then another podcast. <laughs> and another staff meeting because I'm already planning for that. <laughs> you have to talk about Neri and Leong too. No, anyway. All right. So I want everybody to reflect on how March was. We're at the end of March. By the time you hear this, March ha will have been done. Crazy. But, um, so uh, I want you to think about, I want, I asked uh, Jade and Miley to write down like what, what was kind of going on with them in March. And what I like to do, I like to do backward, backward horoscope. I like to look back <laughs> Ooh, okay, so and you see it to see okay. if the horoscope came true. Okay. I like that. I know. See, I know what I'm doing. Oh, it's fun. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. Okay, I was okay, like, did cool, this cool. happen? Okay. Like so this. mine was, okay. let's use me as an excuse, uh, as a, as an example. Um, so mine was very stressful, anxiety driven, uh, uh, it was more of a control over things that I cannot have control over and overwhelm. And so um, I'm going to go to astralstyle.com and I didn't want to pick like a site that was too in-depth because then you get lost in the details. So I was like, okay. And they came up like high on there. So if you want to go to astralstyle.com with the Astro Twins, 
Um, so, and I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read like the parts that maybe might speak to you. So I'm a Leo. My, my birthday is July 30th. So it says that the first three weeks of the month are ideal for reconnecting with the most cherished people or person, um, ensuring that your energies are in sync. You may want to hang the do not disturb sign for other reasons though, like to take advantage of your abilities to concentrate and power through important research or focus work. I had to do that the third week because we had so many meetings and so much things were going on in the district that we were having all these meetings. And I, I finally said, like, I'm not going to go to this one meeting. Okay. That's a big stretch for me. Um, Cause I go, no, it's date night. And I'm not gonna, I'm not going to this meeting, but tell me that I was writing an email about it <laughs> in between <laughs> dinner and the movie. I was like, I told you guys, I wasn't going to go to the meeting. And I'm supposed to be at my anniversary date right now. But I just wanted to tell you guys. And like, oh, this is why I stress myself out. I just can't. Um, it says, okay, it says overall March might be the most easygoing month. What? In a long time. I'm like, oh, hell no, it was not. Okay, that wasn't true. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and then it says uh, the first few days of March, especially you could feel pulled between the dueling demands of your closest relationships and your career goals. Okay, that is true. Uh, and then it says, you'll be glad to, you made these shifts. Okay. Hold on. Let me rewind. It says work on finding the right balance of excitement and stability. And remember Leo, no one person can be all things to another. If you've been leaning mm -hmm. too heavily on someone or vice versa, redistribute the load. Oh my God. That's interesting. Cause we were just talking. About I was that just talking today. about that, yeah. how mm -hmm. I felt like really heavy. Like I had everything on myself, but I was putting it on myself. Nobody was putting it on myself. I was putting it on myself. Uh, you'll be glad to meet these ships come March 20th when the sun moves into Aries and heats up your ninth house, blah, 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 Ooh. for growth and discovery. You'll hit spring fever after a month of hibernation and all the more reason to immerse yourself in deeper thoughts until then. So it's partly, partly, partly true. I don't know if it was the most easygoing month. That one was not true for me. Yeah, no, that didn't sound like, no. Well, right. I want to know Miley. I want to hear Miley. Okay, I'm going to do Miley, the birthday girl. Yes. Aries, right? Aries? Aries, yes. Okay, so before I read it, <laughs> tell me a little bit uh, uh, what were the themes were coming up for you this past March? The themes. Well, when you initially said three words, mm -hmm. I didn't go to adjectives in my elementary grammar mind. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I had a three word mantra okay. that kind of sums up the whole month. Okay. And it would be, I'll be okay. Which is really funny because you just said that. I just said that because that's been my mantra. Every time. <laughs> oh my God. Every time I go on my rants, like Jade knows, like I'm like, I'll just, and then I'm like, but I'll be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. I'll be okay. But I did, after you mentioned adjectives, I did okay. try to go there in my grammar mind. And, and I was thinking, um, actually not adjectives. I was thinking reboot. Okay. Mm. This month has been a lot about rebooting, mm -hmm. soul care, mm -hmm. which is beyond self-care. Mm. It's more 
internal. And the third one was habits, because I really feel like for the first half of March, I got really out of my daily habits, like taking time for myself, um, getting some kind of activity in, even if it's just going for a walk and getting outdoors. And even just a simple habit of hydrating, because I always feel better when I have more water. And I've definitely been having more coffee than water. And I really started to feel the heaviness and the, I would say, we reap what we sow. I was definitely sowing mm. in the first few weeks, just feeling well yeah. with work. And I'm not even going to talk about work because, um, gee, you summed it up when <laughs> 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 you talked about work. And so it was really like that for the first half of the month, but somewhere around the middle, I was just starting to focus on those habits that I know helped me to feel better. Mm-hmm. And so the second half of the month has been more of, oh, I'll be okay. I just need to do the next right indicated thing that I know that I need to do on the daily, even on my worst daily days. And right. I started to feel like I was starting to reap more of that good feeling during the second half. I could totally relate to that because, you know, I stopped doing stuff that made me happy, like doing art every day and reading. And I was like, I was in survival mode. Like I, as long as I'm alive, I'm okay. Like it became like that basic, but I think it's just this time of year too. It's burnout. Okay. So Aries, um, this is what it says. says. Okay. It says the cosmic gods finally deliver some gentle energy this month. I like the word gentle because that's kind of like it eases into along with moments of ease and flow. Um, Take full advantage and downshift for the first three weeks of March. You deserve it. Uh, It says that you. uh, okay, so this month you have to let yourself have a much needed respite. Escape into your imagination, indulge in self-care and just do a whole lot of nothing. Don't worry about losing your edge because your fire power will be back full of blaze when the sun enters Aries for a month on March 20th. So that was, that just happened, right? Last week. It says efforts to create a cohesive group could be interrupted by curveballs around money, work, and productivity. And if you're working from home, a year of trying to pull off your Aries magic with a totally virtual crew could hit inevitable roadblocks. Um... And the last thing it says, this is rather than plow ahead, pause and look at new systems and structures. So that's kind of like your routines. You could create for better workability. Simply trying to replicate the old way won't get you through 2021, especially now that we're under the metal ox. We're under the Chinese New Year of the ox. If you uh, mix your go-getter Aries magic with a solid plan and budget, brilliant ideas can come to life. That's a good, that's a good. Awesome. Uh, even though we're over with March already, but, uh, but it <laughs> sounds like you're on that track I anyway. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah. Okay. I, I really did start to feel better around the 20th and I didn't <laughs> even realize that was the cutoff. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, Taurus. 
Mine's gonna be rough. Mine's gonna be rough. Okay. not rough, but no, it's because and it is. It, it, so I mean, they would, I would say that you know the year of the ox goes with Taurus too. I was it was it does. How I'm, they said I'm that an Aries ox. and yeah, Aries and um the year of the ox. So I guess it's all horned beings. This is your year, all horned beings. All right, all right. All right so the three words that came to my mind was calm, peace, and indifference, and that's top oh. layer. Peace Calm, peace, and indifference. And what I mean by top layer is, yes, that is what the, the that is what it looks like up here. But you know, Surface. as you know, I'm I'm working through therapy and doing all that. So, but it's interesting is I'm working through a lot of you know emotions inside, but but has not affected my relationship with my husband, with my kids, with work, like everything's been calm, you know, for now, knock on wood, calm, peaceful. And I kind of indifferent stems from kind of me trying to deal with what's happening inside because I, I just kind of been disassociating myself with a lot of those feelings because I'm trying to work through it and I kind of have a block to it. So that's, that's what my, that's what March has been for me. Okay. That's weird. No, that's weird. <laughs> okay. So your uh monthly snapshot of March was uh that it's it says lean back, Taurus. It's finally okay to relax. Okay. Um kind of like with all three of us, I think this was the month for everybody to kind of like have ease in their life. Um it says that um, it says the magical and magnetic energy will also ripple through your friendship zone, energizing your social circle and networking efforts. Um, it also says that uh, with uh, Uranus in Taurus until 2026, you're going through a major reawakening. Well, that's in that's some true. cases a full blown identity earthquake. Oh, 20, I don't know about that, but yes. 2020, no, yes. but 2026, that's like, I can't do math that's now. That's four years it's from five now. Year, five, five years. No, five, four, five. I can't even do math. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's five years of Ooh, identity be a different reawakening. Person. Who's Jade going to be in five years? I don't know. Okay. Uh, as it is, As it intersects with Saturn in your 10th house of career and long-term plans, you'll continue on a powerful evolution to unite who you are with what you do. <gasps> the writing, the writing's coming. It's coming. It's slowly okay. coming. Here. That's that's cool. That's exciting. I like that. Uh, it says meditate on it for the month. Start starting March 20th. There's something about March 20th. Uh, let's see. When the sun begins a four-week lap around or through Aries and your 12th house of closure, healing, and endings. <gasps> wrap up loose ends before Taurus season begins on April 19th. Cause you got your next, right? Uh, yes, the yes. less you try to force things and the more you clear away resistance, stress, and strife, the faster you, uh, the faster what you want will flow your way. Be the gentle bull in the pasture rather than the charging total. Isn't it interesting about the resistance? Because that is what I've been feeling with my, this thing in therapy that I'm doing. It's the resistance of feeling those emotions mm. of the things that I've been through mm. like you know so yeah that's interesting that's interesting all right we'll see when the uh, tour season comes on How, oh, isn't, you know, that, isn't cool. that fun see so that way you're not self-fulfilling prophecy it's like because it's, it's already true. said 
Because, <laughs> you know, oftentimes <laughs> you read horoscopes, you're like, yeah, you know, ahead no, of time. No, I have. You're like, wait, wait, this didn't happen. And then Did this happen? You're like, hey. yeah, yeah. I was um, supposed to win the lotto, damn it. I know, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so today's uh, film club is about rewatching the Joy Luck Club. And uh, I was actually excited to do this because it's been a long time since I watched this movie. I remember watching this movie. I was in my 20s. Um, the reason why uh, this became part of film club is because it was on that list of 20 must-see Asian, Asian films. And um, it's... It's kind of great that it's on the list, but it's kind of bad that, you know, since this Joy Luck Club was the biggest like uh, box office uh, movie. And then it took, what, 20, 25 years for the next box office movie, which is Crazy Rich Asians. And that's when Joy Luck Club came back in the in in the connection with that, because they're like, wow, it's been like 20 years since Asians had had a hit. So um, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to revisit it. I've never read the story. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book. I haven't. Oh, oh you did? Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Because I haven't, and I know it's I different. I know it's different. Um, so um, but it's by Amy Tan. So the synopsis is through a series of flashbacks for young Chinese women born in America and their respective mothers born in Feudal China explore their past. This search will help them understand their difficult mother-daughter relationship. Um, I wanted to talk about the theme of marriage because that seems to be the main thing that keeps on the main kind of theme or motif that keeps on going throughout the movie. And um, you have, and again, we're not going to talk about every single part of the movie because there's so many parts to it. So please rewatch it or watch it. Uh, but we're, this is more or less going to be like a reaction to it in terms of the themes. So, um, so we have these, it, it mainly kind of centers around uh, marriages and the mother's marriages. And then, and then, you know, how it affects the daughters in a sense um, and their maybe patterns of life. Um, there's Lindo there's, so there's the aunties, right? So there's the auntie Lindo who leaves her, has to leave her mom to marry into a wealthier family. There's Ying Ying who marries a, uh, a, a womanizer guy, not a nice guy. And May, her, uh, her mom becomes a fourth wife slash concubine and Suyan, which is, she was actually married in China. They don't explain it in the movie. I assume they, it's, they explain it in the book. Because she talks about trying to meet her husband and then it jumps to like, she's in America and she has a new husband and it's June's father. So um, I guess which, I guess which one of those stories like really stuck out to you? Which one of the marriage stories? Yeah, the marriage stories with the the aunties. And then like my, you can like jump in and like tell us like, how are they different from the book? Because I read something about Ying Ying. Okay, let's call the Ying Ying. Ying Ying is the one where she, with Russell Wong, um, he was a very good looking guy. <laughs> they had to pick a really good looking guy, but I would assume that he was a really mean guy. 
Um, yeah. And their son. So what was different? Like in the movie, she accidentally drowns her son. But in the movie, I mean, in the book, it's different, isn't it? Yes, I remember that it was it's been a really long time. I think I read the book in maybe 99. Oh, wow. Okay. 2000. And I read it along with another book of hers called The Kitchen God's Wife. Yes. And um, I noticed that the siblings were a huge part of the text of the book. Mm -hmm. You know much more about the brothers because the kids had, some of the families had other kids, not just, they weren't all single daughters. Oh, that's really different. Yeah, so you know the dynamics with um, the character who has two little brothers. Um, you, You see more of the mixed marriage because it was, who is it that's, I had to like write all this out because it's like a family tree, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I had to write, write yes. everything out. And I think it was somebody is half. Somebody is only half. Um, one of the daughters? One of the daughters is married to. Oh, Rich. Waverly and Rich. Yes. But. They have a, do they have a child? <laughs> totally oh yeah, they that. don't. She has a child from a previous. She has a child. Yes. Okay. Rose, Rose and Ted, Andrew McCarthy's. Uh, That's right. Okay. They have a daughter. They have a daughter. So I noticed that in the book that it was just, there was just so much more detail and depth with other characters, of course, because of the book, be, because the movie is based on the book, mm-hmm. it really focuses on the four moms and the four daughters. But there were many other characters and dynamics in those families. In the text. I'm sure they couldn't tell like the whole story right with right. Uh, by a movie. But you know what's funny is I did not that drowning scene. I did not see that as accidental. I mean, it wasn't like she because you know at the yeah. end or after that she says what she says. But yeah, I she I, the, she the, she wanted to take away the thing that was the most yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of she was going through postpartum. But, but okay, was, yeah, I feel like it was postpartum too yeah. because mm-hmm. you know you think of things. I mean, according to my friends, they they've been very candid with me, and they're like, "You think mm-hmm. of things that you would never think of mm-hmm. of harming your child." Um, and so I could see that because you know I don't think in in anybody's right mind would do that, even though it was sort of intentional, but not really. Yeah, she was going through a lot. She like was I, going that's through what a I lot. saw. Like she, I think she did space out, and I think that moment. But that, that's why it was. It, it, it is accidental, but also in a way, it, it's it's weird. It's a very fine line. They really showed that fine line mm-hmm. between that for me. I believe in the book because I had read the spark notes on the book, and like uh, Ying Ying um, actually aborts her child. So mm-hmm. she gets rid of her child before. So that's the story. So the, the, oh, the baby. So the baby wasn't born. No, she. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So okay. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I I didn't read the book, so I didn't know okay. what happened before and after that. But I thought that was interesting how they changed that story in the movie, and how would it actually really change the perspective where the 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 movie was going to. Um, so there's this uh, Auntie Lindo who is the first story that they talk about which um, she leaves her mom to 
to she's groomed to marry right into a wealthier family and with the matchmaker and all that stuff it was very Mulanish right and mm-hmm. so um I thought it was interesting that she was it showed that she was smart to get out of her situation mm-hmm. do you guys remember that story mm-hmm. yeah, yeah she it, it kept with her personality as an older woman like her you know she's yeah. feisty very like how she manipulates things you know mm-hmm. Yes. Like she manipulated, you know, the letter that goes to, to China. Reminded me of someone I know in, in our family. Like mm. a, it reminded me of, 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 of an aunt that in our family. I will just sit right now. <laughs> but yes. Oh, that was interesting because with Auntie Lindo, Lindo mm-hmm. was her name, right? And her daughter was Waverly. Yeah. Um, Waverly says something about her power in when she was playing chess, she realized her power and her strength when mm-hmm. she was able to beat opponents, especially like older kids. Yeah. The boy. You see in the mm-hmm. movie, she beats the boy. But her mom had that same strength because her mom didn't like the situation she was in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As she was um, promised to another kid, right? Yeah. It was just the weirdest thing. Yeah. She said, she says they were like brother and sister. Sister. (laughs) Had to sleep like brother and sister. And so she got out of her situation and Waverly kind of did the same too. There's a point where she says, I, something about like, I knew then that I could deliberately make these choices to upset my mom. That's true. And it was another power struggle. (laughs) That is so true. But isn't it funny at the end though, and and me and my daughter joke about this. It's like she says, even on say yes to the dress, like all all the you know they don't they're like they don't want to care about what their mom thinks, but they all care about what their mom. Like in the that's end, right. it always is about yeah, your right. mom. Just has this thing over on you, this power you, over you. Yeah, she can give you a sound, a look, and you're just like brought back. So that resonated with me when she was like, you know, like the mom, like I could never puts it in like she could give her a look and she's like why do you like she's getting mad and she you know upset that her her mom's like not responding to her you know so yeah that was what yeah saying. I think that that scene where they're sitting in the in the salon is so like <laughs> it says so many things mm-hmm. even when they're laughing together you know like yeah. that's how it would be like it's not this long drawn out like uh, you know, diatribe yeah. together about like, you know, self-worth and all this stuff. It's really like, why don't you like, it was just like, why don't you like rich, you know? Yeah. She put so much on that, her, her fiance. And then the mom's like, I like him. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what right. I think. It matters what you're the, you're the one marrying the guy. And she's like, you don't know how much power you have over me. Like, you know, yeah. and it's like, and they just break out laughing. You know what I mean? At the and end, it's, it's funny when she's like, now I'm happy. You know, yeah. <laughs> she's crying and like her heart is like out there. Like now I'm happy. It's like now you make me happy. Yeah, that was now funny. you make like, me happy. And I was start, like, that's what's great about this. So I'm like, you cried in part and then it made you laugh like it was so it was so emotional. Well, that part know? wasn't as preachy like as some parts, but like. It was just that sharing of that was just like, there were no words. It was just like, oh my God, like, like it's the push and pull, right? Of like, mm. ex, except of, of police, um, 
being a good daughter, I guess, yeah. you know. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so on May, um, I think this was a, every story was sad, but in them. the movie, um, she lives with her her relatives and because her mom has to go and live as a fourth wife. And uh, that was just so. That story was so sad. So sad. <laughs> it was like it kind of get even you didn't worse. Know till the end. You didn't know till the end the, the what put her in that situation. You know, of the whole story yeah. you saw. Yeah, you got to was... watch that. Um, but I thought it was interesting with um, that was that she said her, she found she found her voice like she found her voice um, um, at the end of that her mom's story she found her voice and I thought wow that really resonates because I feel like with on May she didn't pass that on to her child she didn't she didn't teach her child to how to use her voice so we'll talk about Rose and her and her mom but well um I really saw that on May mm-hmm. her mom just didn't want her to live that life of shame that she had to endure. So if she were to stay with her mom, everyone knows her mom is like fourth string, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't have status in the family. No status. And now she's bringing along her child. Mm-hmm. And so it was a way for her mom to sacrifice her own life so that her daughter wouldn't have that shame, so that Rose wouldn't grow up yeah. with shame. Um. But I thought that part was interesting as well, too, because in a way, her mom ends up teaching her to assert herself in the end. Yeah. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, she, of course, Rose was allowing her husband to make all of these decisions. He had like so much control over everything. She didn't have a person. She didn't have herself. And she allowed that she allowed that. Yeah, because Rose uh, Rose was a very like interest like strong pretty strong person like Mm. in the beginning, and slowly she became another person. And you hear that a lot, right? In in some marriages where the the women or the wives become they're trying to please their husbands so much that then they lose who they were when they got together. You know. I've heard that, and that's- especially in Rose's kid situation, that she married into a affluent, like high socialite, like mm-hmm. family, and you're expected to kind of. She wanted to kind of like prove herself, right? Knowing that her in laws didn't really want her to be part of the family, she had to prove herself that she was just as good, you know, that she was just as worthy as all those people in the room. But yet she was really putting it, pulling herself down. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. I want to. So we're just talking about a daughter. So I'm just going to go right into it with the daughters. I mean, the the main theme of the whole movie is about knowing your self worth and how the mother daughter relationship is really connected to that. Um, and um, I wanted to talk about: Is there any? Has there been a, a time where you felt like um, you weren't? good enough either a good enough worker a good enough daughter a good enough sister a good enough wife or spouse or girlfriend or whatever like what is your not enough story because I think I think all of us have that 
Or maybe you were too much. Sometimes like people <laughs> tell me I'm too much and that's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have, yeah, go ahead. So I have to say that that is a thing. The thing that I am currently working on with in my therapy is that feeling of I am unimportant to others. A very big thing. There's still more that that's related to that, but that is a thing because that is a thing when you grow up that I, when I grew up, that's how I felt like that. Mm. I wasn't seen. I was irrelevant. I was unimportant. And those are the things that I'm working through, um, which is probably why I, the one that spoke to me and I'll, I always ball at this freaking scene is mm-hmm. June and Su Yan, Su Yuan. When she mm-hmm. says, I see you, you know, yeah. like, because like and her mom's like, I see you because for me, but I will say like, I think for many years I thought, my mom didn't care for me, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have a great relationship. But, you know, when I, now that I'm older and I look at when she gives me, she gives me the most beautiful Hallmark cards. Like, and mm. she spends hours in the store looking through cards. And when it's weird because we don't have that relationship. So when you read the cards, it's, <laughs> it's weird, but it's, that's her way of telling me like yes. how much she loves me and how proud of me she is like yeah like how I'm this woman you know I've turned into this woman that she's proud of that she loves so it's weird like so that's that relationship always gets me because for years I I felt like my mom never saw me and then I think of it now and I'm like she did she does see me she does see me you know and it's it's thank you thank you to Hallmark (laughs) 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 it's true Hallmark (laughs) Okay, so dealing with mother-daughter things, like I, my mom was working mom. It was like, I was close to my dad for a long period of time. And, but there was a part of me that was always like, I always want to be, you know, with my mom, I want to make sure that I'm being good. You know what I mean? Like, like, because she, like, like I always listen to my mom like she's not very demanding she's not she doesn't ask for anything you know so um if she's upset with me I really I'm a mess you know um so uh as a child and then so I was always constantly being like am I being good enough like am I supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I remember this one time she compared us and I'm saying us but then she told it to me because I'm the oldest like you guys, you guys should be like more like so-and-so's family. And I, and that it was just one time. It was just one time she said it, it wasn't like she told me this every single day, but I, it stuck with me because this is how much words, right? Matter. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I will be like them. Like, I was like, okay, I can do that. You know what I mean? And that was, I think the start of when I realized I wasn't enough, like for my mom because I was like, wow, she's comparing me to these other kids and like, I need to be like them. And so that would be like them, you know? And I, w- and then, and we never spoke about it again, but I felt like that stayed with me, even though maybe she just said it out of frustration. Now that I'm an adult, like it was more like maybe a flush frustration. And she was like, I wish you were like so-and-so and like, because they're like this. And I'm like, that stuck with me the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, I'm never good enough. I, I, I should be better. I always like, I should be a better daughter and be more doting or, you know, uh, kind of like anticipate that you need something kind of like that, which I'm not that way at all. Um, but I will say that when, um, 
we had foster children in our house and we were we were going to adopt them and then it didn't work out and it was a very hard time for us and i think and i i did i think i saved that text and it was like the most most complimentary text i've ever had in my life <laughs> my life and i was like i'm going to save this i think i remember this i, I remember. don't know where it is but i i screenshotted it cuz i was like oh my god if i ever feel that i'm not enough for my mom read this because she was like oh. i am so proud of you guys like you guys were really good parents i was like what oh. And I was like, she's like, I'm so proud of you. I was, I don't even know the words, but I, I know the feeling. And I was like, if you ever, because my mom was like, I never said you weren't good enough. I never said, you know, yeah. and it's true. It was my head. And I was like, whenever you feel like you are not enough, read that text because that's huge. It's just that, you know, my mom is like economic with their words. Mm -hmm. and you can try to take I, it whether same, it's a hallmark or text. a text <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> they're the same sign girl they're the same sign i know i think they're born oh, on yeah, the same they're day actually Gemini's. they're born on the same day they're born on the same day <laughs> <laughs> all right miley crying here okay this is like, it's like watching the movie here it's like watching the movie, God. <laughs> i got to mess up my makeup here <laughs> no i was gonna say that that theme kind of runs uh, runs through my life not just with my mom I want to say, like, let my mom off the hook. Mom, it's not about you. It's like it's like uh, being compared as a student with other students, Com being compared mm -hmm. to teachers with other teachers, being compared. Uh, I think those are the two major. Oh, friends. Am I a good enough friend? Like, did I do? Was I nurturing enough? Like, like, those are the things I think of. That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have um, definitely experienced a lot of the, the same things that mm. you are sharing G mm. and I can't help but think is this a cultural thing is this uh, a family thing I know the I think it's cultural family I, I think it's cultural <laughs> I feel like it could cultural. be cultural too you know one of the themes and I actually had to dig deep and mm. and look at some of the notes from commentary on the story yeah about this, but one of the themes is the communication gap. Oh yeah. Um, and the barriers between the moms, that generation, the, the immigrating generation and yes. the Asian American yes. generation of the daughters, there's a disconnect there because not only with the language, mm -hmm. the kids don't speak Chinese, they don't right. speak the parents' tongue, but the moms. English is kind of poor. The parents' English isn't that strong. So there's a huge disconnect there. So literally, um, there's a disconnect and barrier. But then even figuratively, the moms, they're not able to convey their painful past to their kids. Right. So the only way that they can pass that on to their daughters is through the storytelling. Mm. And even though the words aren't there, you're not enough. I'm disappointed in you. Um, a lot of it is because the, the moms don't know how to communicate the praise. Like they might say to their daughter, and I don't know if you experience this in real life. I'm kind of going yeah. movie, real life, movie, real life. But like when a mom says, and I've heard this in my home before mm -hmm. too, 
wow, so-and-so blank, blank, blank. Whether <laughs> when you're 12, it's like so-and-so is already on an honor roll or something. Mm-hmm. And then when you're like in your thirties, it's like, did you know so-and-so bought a house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, oh, you just hit it right there. Yeah. And, and when we were all in college, it was like, they finished their degree already. Do you believe <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> so it's oh my not God. said directly it's the things they don't say it's what they, they don't, don't say. say like and maybe deep down inside my mom really is just trying to tell a parent is trying to tell their child you know I have these hopes for you and I can't yes. wait till you yes. finish your degree and move on to be an independent adult mm-hmm. but instead it comes out and they're getting married already <laughs> <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Oh yeah. The marriage thing. Yeah. It's like, um, the, the good thing is that, you know, my dad, my mom was never about the baby thing. She never pushed us about that. Um, she's always says, I never, she always claims, I never told you guys to get married. I never pushed you guys to get married. I never wish you guys to have kids. I mean, I, but it's the unsaid things. That's what you're trying to say, Miley. Like it's the unsaid and I, they, I don't think they, purposely want us to feel that like not enough but somehow it gets translated in our brains um but yeah you're right they like I said they could say something and it's like tent like the tension like you know already my shoulders like I'm already braced for a fight with my mom right I'm defensive I'm already on my defensive (laughs) yeah (laughs) um with I thank you for bringing up the communication gap because that's so true in the movie it's not that they want all these hopes and dreams for their children. Uh, and, but it's, they can't communicate it and telling their story maybe wasn't something they thought would be part of empowering them. Right. Um, it was like, they've set them up in America, you know, they've given them a decent life. You know what I mean? Like they thought maybe that that would be enough. Ooh, we were just scratching the surface and we about to go deeper. What do you think of our talk so far? Can you relate? Stay tuned for more book talk in part two of our Joy Luck Club discussion. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Coconut Connection. I'm Jade. And I'm G. Until next time. Trust my eyes, no stink eye. Stay woke, not broke. Peace.